Blog Talk Radio. And welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curia Company in Forest Hill, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Clifford Lowe of clifflow.com in scenic Teaneck, New Jersey. And in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman of conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we will be joined by a special guest, Mama E, of ConjureDoctor.com in Los Angeles, California, bringing us today's exciting topic of Halloween, Peeking Through the Veil. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or rootwork, as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman. Ms. Cat. Hi, thank you, Clifford. Boy, what a busy day it has been for us. Um, first of all, we have to apologize for last week's show being a rebroadcast. We had a power outage here. It lasted for hours. It lasted all day and into the night. And at the same time, Contraman, who could have run the show, um, he had a power outage. There was storms mm-hmm. everywhere. So we just went... We went to a rebroadcast with the help of, I don't know who all helped us, but it was really, <laughs> I Dr. think. Jeremy helped. It was Dr. Jeremy Weiss came in and ran the rebroadcast. So that was just wonderful. There was no power outage up where he lives. So, Not just power uh, outage. You all had floods, right? You all had absolute um, floods. Oh, yeah, we had floods. We had our usual <laughs> Forestville is an island um, event where you can't get into Forestville, <laughs> the little town we live in, because it's on a little hill. And um, we moved here after the big flood in Guerneville ruined the house that we lived in then. And so now um, we live on the hill, and Mm. now it's an island. (laughs) It's okay. Anyway, so we're here. um, But meanwhile, I just want to let people know it's, of course, too late for you all to get in on it now. But we had intended to have a show advertising and promoting Lady Muse's House of Self-Empowerment weekend extravaganza which is going on down in Victorville and is also available by Zoom and we were going to you know bring her in and promote it and all of that but we couldn't and she's having it right now so we have spent Nagashiva and I have spent the last two days um, at that conference or uh, festival I guess you could call it it was it's been wonderful uh, some of the presenters have been uh, Miss Robin and Mama Virgie, people we all know, of course, Lady Muse and others, and it was—it's been really, really nice. Um, so they can't be with us today. We can't be with them now because we've just um, jumped channels, as it were. But I want to recommend anybody 
who um, gets the word about House of Self-Empowerment extravagandas. It's well worth it. We got a wonderful box in the mail with um, all the ingredients for the little workshops, plus handmade soap. There were sprays. There was um, just a lot of good stuff. And um, and and also brand new business cards for House of Self-Empowerment I'd never seen before. So Lady Muse has taken a cue, always put a business card in every box. And anyway, we, we just want to wish them all the well and uh, and hope that they uh, continue this uh, yearly extravaganza. It's a little different than the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. It's um, There's a lot more focus on things like um, exercises and yoga and prayer. And there's also a wonderful... Um, stuff done in the kitchen where you're actually just live in the kitchen and and make cooking up spells plus there are uh, things that are a little bit more prepared lotions and potions and so forth wonderful wonderful time so that's my shout out to my friend lady muse and to the whole crew that surrounds her and um, wishing them all the best now here we are at our place on the radio so I just wanted to uh, catch people up a little bit about what's been going on here. I don't want to take up too much time, but I've got two weeks to make up for. Um, I have been working on radio show archives at the Lucky Mojo Forum. Some of you all who attend the Lucky Mojo Forum and check in on it and see what's going on will notice that the Crystal Silence League Hour archives are being put into order, and they're it's looking really good, and you'll be able to find whatever show you want because it doesn't just have a number. It tells what it's about, tells what the number is, tells what the date, and that's a project I've been working on for a while. also been working on the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour shows, getting them in order. Also at the forum, oh, I should tell you the URL for the forum, forum, F-O-R-U-M, dot luckymojo.com. That's it. You got to join it to get into it very deeply, but you can read it without joining. Joining is free, and you don't have to give any personal information. However, uh, I just want to say to Deacon Millet has been working at the Lucky Mojo Forum, making links to all of the past issues, the archives of the Hoodoo News. Now, the Hoodoo News is a newsletter put out by Hoodoo Psychics, which is a online reader program. Many of our uh, AIR members also belong to Hoodoo Psychics. Many of my graduates of my correspondence course belong to Hoodoo Psychics. And there are others. It's just a really great program that that um, if you are a professional reader and you want to get your little toe wet in the reading online instantly, I'm going to tell you, uh, try Hoodoo Psychics. It costs less to you. You get a bigger profit. And it is a more friendly place than some of those giant corporate online uh, instant reader phone line places. So try it out. Deacon Millet, Hoodoo Psychics. Anyway, all his newsletters are going at, up at the Lucky Mojo Forum, as well as already being at the Hoodoo Psychics newsletter. And they're, now they're double-loaded, we could say. And you can find a lot of spells, free spells. And he's put up all kinds of Halloween things, of course, for this year. So... That's it for what I've been doing, other than I've been um, filing postcards and business cards and doing all of the crazy little paper ephemera stuff I've been doing. And I've been working on my Patreon 
pages, which I do every week. And I want to thank Nagashiva for helping with the scanning of the next six uh, sheets of the How to Tell Fortunes cigarette cards and from um, 1929 English cards. We just did the set um, that's on cartomancy, and it's a wonderful education on a layout or system of cartomancy with playing cards that not many people know about anymore. Earliest I can find it written about is 1890. It was really popular in 1903. I've seen it in different books from that time period. And there it is in 1929, fully explained. It's called The Cross of Fifteen. And it's a, a great way to read. And it has a lot of interesting connections with other forms of reading. So if you pay $2, you can get a one-year advance look at it. All of the Patreon pages will go public one year after I write them, but I really rely on those patrons who give me $2 a week to write them. It gives me the time to do it without having to shut down everything else I do in my life. So that's it, and um, a lot of catch-up, but um, how about we turn this over now to Contraband? What's going on in your world? Oh, you know, busy as usual trying to, to stave off uh Electri- electrical storms and power outages. Uh, it seems that we were we've been really caught in a coast to coast storm almost. Um, severe storms kind of all down the coast of California range. I mean, even Southern California, which is notoriously dry, it's almost always in a drought, um, had these sudden thunderstorms and whatnot. And you know, the American infrastructure is so old that any like minor <laughs> Disruption is enough to just bring everything collapsing down. Um, I do want to mention that we are in kind of really funky, funky weather in the end of October and early November, not just weather-wise, uh, but, but astrologically. Um, I am a little bit behind on emails, as usual, as a result of these electrical outages, but I will be uh, get, catching up on them today as the power is back fully on. Um, but also around the uh, country, I was in New York for a brief period of time, not last week, but the week before. Um, it's been a couple of weeks since I've been on the show the week before, and there was a strike with New Yorkers, the taxi cab. They're on a hunger strike right now. Uh, meanwhile, the Columbia University is a strike. The UC students are planning uh, a strike. There's a massive, like, massive labor shortage and disruption that's going on. And at the same time, you're seeing disruptions in trade and whatnot. This is a really weird and funky time. This is just, you know, we talked about this two years ago, Kat. You called, you said Uranus and Taurus, right? It's going to have mm-hmm. bring about all these major, major disruptions in, in production and whatnot. And we're really seeing that with the beginning, with this year. I mentioned this was the year of the broken road in which labor would come to the forefront. And we really are. October was called called Striketober, right? And really, these predictions are not just coming true, but it's also a matter of, um, you know, those of us that are dealing with magicka materia are going to have to seriously reconsider and rethink our relationship to some of that stuff. What is our access to candles going to look like? How long are going to candles last? This isn't just, you know, good old conjure man being the old socialist that he is. It's also a matter of having an impact on our, the work that we do. I mean, Kat, you've talked about how seven day candles became five day candles, right? Uh, well, wait, wait, shift. I'm old enough. Wait, I'm yeah, old wait. enough to remember when nine day novena candles became seven right. day candles. 
and then became and then they, and then exactly so those quote-unquote seven-day candles almost never last seven days they last about five days what's going to happen going forward are they going to be even shorter than that are they going to be even shorter than that what material are we going to have access to what happens when for example you know john the conqueror is in short supply um or bombs of gilead or adam and eve you know, so these are things that we really need to think through, and I think this isn't just a matter of the question of labor. It's also going to be the question of what is the magical materia of hoodoo going to look like in the post-COVID, post-Striketober, post-Uranus and Taurus world. So we are living in a, in a moment of really interesting transformation. Um, and if you are spiritually inclined and include, inclined to the rhythms of life and nature, be mindful of these things because your practice is being shaped by these socio-historic moments. And I'm, I'm going to throw in one other thing. It's about money as well. Um, totally, when yeah. the, When the novena candles were made, seven-day candles, um, it was because of the you know gas shortage because you know petroleum is what those candles are made out of. And a decision was made by all the candle makers. It's, I don't know if they got together in a smoke-filled room or whether they just phoned each other. <laughs> they decided that the people who burn glass-encased candles are poor people. And therefore, the candles should be made smaller to uh, keep the price the same. Because not only are they poor people, they're dumb people. And that in a very few years, they would forget there were ever were novena candles. And they'd call them seven-day candles and advertise them as seven-day candles. And they did, and it worked. And a generation lasts about 30 years. When the Gulf War came, all of a sudden they went to five-day candles. They made the tube more narrow. They don't burn as well. And they're assuming poor people are stupid. They're going to want to pay less. And so the price of candles has been gotten less and less and less and less um, for the um, compared to the inflation that has taken place for bread or uh, you know any rice any kind of staple food candles have become relatively cheaper but they never get bigger when the price of gas goes down they stay the same and then they shrink again so what's happening now is you're burning a lot of glass is what I call it there's more glass than wax now it's just this weird tube. It's not even really a novena candle anymore. And of course, the seven, um, the excuse me, the fourteen-day sanctuary candles—they hardly exist anywhere. So, it's time to think about the money mm-hmm. that we spend yep. on hoodoo. Yeah, if if John the Conqueror root is in short supply, one reason is it not worthwhile for people to harvest it because they don't get enough money. So you have to think about all these things and think, am I going to step up to the plate and pay X dollars a pound for Bomb of Gilead buds? Or am I going to just pretend they don't exist anymore? They're not endangered. It's just a question of the money. So that was my little comment on it. No, Um, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. We have to think about what, what we're doing. I mean, and I'm going to tell you, you all heard it here. We're going to be raising our prices on our products. Everyone says, oh, Lucky Mojo is such a bargain. And um, we've tried to hold the line, but we're going to be raising our prices on our oils on the first of the year. So buy your oils now because the price has gone up. Okay. All right. Um, today we have one of my favorite people on as a guest, and that is Mama E. 
And before I before I let her say hi, I'm just going to butter her up a little bit. Mama E is one of the most wonderful, compassionate root workers you'll ever find. She's an incredible perfumer, oil maker, and she is um, an absolutely delightful diviner. Everything she does is golden. If you don't know Mama E, you only hear her on this radio show, I want you to check her out. She has a um, website. She has uh, a lot of presence on on uh, social media. Welcome to the show, Mama E. Thank you. Welcome, it's welcome. Lovely. Thank you, both of you. It's lovely being here with you again. And, of course, it has to be Halloween. <laughs> Every year I come up around Halloween. It's my favorite mm-hmm. holiday. Mm-hmm. So um, yesterday I went to Victorville, and I went to see Lady Muse. But oh, yeah, I got there a little later, so I missed the presentations, but I was able to see Miss Robin and hang around with, you know, the people that were still there and did some reading. So it was lovely. They are amazing, Lady Muse and her husband. They're both a lovely couple. I love those people. So um, we had a lovely time yesterday. So I wish you were closer. You would have loved it. So, um, well, I, I would have gone if I could have made it, but I couldn't. I know, I know. You guys are far, I'm far away. I'm like an hour and a half away, so you guys are much more further. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's interesting that you're talking about candles and supplies. I mean, my, um, my distributors are aching. I mean, they're in pain and trying to uh, figure out how to have enough inventory. So, uh, you know, the fact that we have a bunch of ships out in the the port and and mm-hmm. trucks is just crazy. I've never I never thought this was gonna happen, but well, many things have happened that I never thought were gonna happen. So anyway. But Well um, you know, this is uh, this uh, speaking of um um, candles, the custom candles, which are the figural candles, otherwise mm-hmm. known as image candles or symbol candles. Yeah. That, I, I can tell you, I have one, I don't want to call his name, but I have one right. fantastic maker, distributor. I think I have um, eight orders out with him. Mm-hmm. Just waiting. Yeah. Because the ships with the the ships with the wax in them are tied yep. up in the port of yep. uh, Los Angeles. They ain't, or, they're yeah, not coming the in. Yeah, the ports are pretty bad. Yeah. 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 It's crazy out there. So I know he'll make good. I mean, he's waiting. He's hurting as much as we are. But if you order from Lucky Mojo, and if we tell you we don't have that candle in that color, can we substitute another color? I recommend you say yes. (laughs) (laughs) You ain't going to get it otherwise. It's just what it is. It's what it is. It'll blow over, you know, eventually. We'll look back on this as the year of no candles, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. I know. So, but um, I know, so, and I know it's not easy. I mean, it's not a question of is the customers all fretting? Oh, I, I needed that to be in a red candle, and you only can offer it to me in pink. Calm down. We got people's <laughs> livelihoods on the line out here. We got people yeah. who have employees, and they can't pour wax, right? Yes. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so the theme for today is Halloween, or that's right. Halloween. 
or Samhain, depends on how you want to go for it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, while doing the research for today and writing down my experiences as far as contacting spirits, which, by the way, this last month has been busy. Those guys on the other side have been working hard. Um, I've, I've had a lot of experiences. I got them on film at the shop at Dr. E. Uh, orbs floating in the middle of the store at night, which nobody knows where they came from. And mm. even spirits saying goodbye to me when I leave at night. That was that was awesome. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, if you like um, to communicate with spirits, you're not going to be afraid. If you're afraid of spirits, you definitely will end up shaking when you, <laughs> when you experience that. But, yeah, they've been very active this year. So, um, while doing my research, I went back to my roots of spiritual communication, spirit circles, and seances. And, of course, the name Alan Kardec came up. Mm-hmm. Alan Kardec yeah, was a French uh, educator, translator, and author. As far as spiritism or spiritualism, he became interested in it when he was in his 50s. So, you know, like many of us that have reached that, you know, goal, uh, you know, the first part of our life is focused on making a living, taking care of our family, and, you know, trying to, um, to deal with everyday life. Now, at around 50, Mr. Kardec, whose real name is a French name, and I know I'm going to murder the name, uh, Hippolyte Léon Denisard Rivail, more or less. That was good. <laughs> so I'll, call him, I'll call him Mr. Kardec. <laughs> so, so Mr. Kardec ended up going to see a medium that a friend of him you know, of his talking to. Uh, and the medium, who was also in Paris, um, connected him with a spirit named Zephyr, Zephyr. And the spirit, and that is Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Zephyr. I might be saying it wrong, too. So um, the spirit gave him a mission of being ex- spokesman of the dead. Imagine that. So all of a sudden, Mr. Kardec is going, oh, Lord, what am I going to do here? So he starts researching and investigating. And what he ended up doing is not only becoming a spiritualist and helping those in how to, um, you know, do a seance, but he also unmask a lot of people that were claiming to be in contact with spirits and were not. They were not um, psychics or mediums. So he wrote many, many books about this. And uh, at the end of his life, um, he was writing a daily um, 
article. Uh, and they ended up being called the Spiritist Codification, uh, all his books. But uh, it's interesting because what Mr. Kardec did was come up with prayers because he was a, a, a Catholic. He was raised Catholic. So he came up with prayers that you can pray before, during, and after the seance. Uh, so at the end of my uh, chat, I'm going to include the two prayers. And Nagashida has them, so he can post them later on. Um, and uh, so you can do it. You can read them uh, when you do your seance. Now, um, we know this whole season as Halloween. And uh, for us, it's a fun time. It's not, you know, uh, really, really scary. Uh, it's not religious like it used to be. The Celts used to celebrate sowing. Uh, because at this time of the year, it's when all the crops die. So for them, in their, um, their practices, their pagan practice, this time of the year was the end and the beginning of the dark days. Now, the 1st of November would have been like a new beginning for them, but it was beginning in darkness and then growing into, you know, spring and summer. <laughs> so this time of the year was associated with death. And their belief, and I still believe, is that the veil between the two worlds is the thinnest at this time. And that uh, in other, um, not only the, the Celts, but in other countries, like in Mexico, uh, which I've done another talk about, they celebrate the Day of the Dead, and they all believe that the ghost of the dead return to earth. Now, Halloween or Samhain, they return to, it, to earth to uh, cause mischief and to get in trouble. And uh, that is why when Christianity took over the world and got rid of the Celts, or most of them anyway, they changed the whole theme of the holiday because, you know, the Christian religion... Uh, took over holidays, pagan holidays, but they could not get rid of them completely, so they modified them and made them into something else. So in this day and age, we celebrate Halloween with dressing up like scary ghosts. Because back then, it was customary to listen to what your spirits were telling you and the souls were telling you back when the Celts were doing this, and they would light bonfires, and they would burn their crops, the old crops, and, you know, offer animal sacrifices. So it was very spooky. But nowadays, we turned it into a more, uh, a less religious uh, pagan holiday. And we all celebrate. I mean, I always dress up myself, and the kids go trick-or-treating. And, of course, now is uh, the more candy you can get, the best. Now, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the biggest, the biggest, the loot, the best. So take a pillowcase. 
So um, now spiritually speaking, the concept of Halloween remains the mm. same. If you're a spiritual person around the beginning of October, you can feel the change. I mean, you might not have ghosts in your house, but you can feel that there's a different vibration. And um, a lot of coincidental things happen. Um, you know, flickering lights and um, candles that burn really weird and images that show up really strange. So um, I personally feel that that is because the veil is, is thinning and the other side is trying to communicate with us. So my thought is, if they want to communicate with us, why don't we try to communicate with them and try mm -hmm. to contact, you know, our dearly departed. Um, it's, there's nothing wrong with making life easier for the other side. I mean, after all, we always, like, pray for them and light candles for their souls. So why don't we just listen? And, you know, you might think, I've never done a seance. Well, I have some pointers on how to do it. First of all, let me say this is not a game. This is uh, a serious thing. And uh, you're going to try to contact benevolent spirits from the other side and hopefully get some guidance from them. Now, if you've never done a seance, I would recommend that you do this with one or two friends and find people that align with your beliefs uh, and will be respectful of the process. I mean, this is not for, uh, you know, a bunch of kids to get together and try to use a Ouija board. Actually, I don't even recommend a Ouija board. So um, if you're going to invite spirits to your stand, you will need to use protection before opening the door. I mean, think about this. Spirits are people that have passed. Would you open the door, leave your house open for people to come into your house? Because I wouldn't. <laughs> so mm -hmm. these are spirits. They used to be people. And you have to protect yourself. So before you start a spirit contact, I always clean the space spiritually. I suggest smoking Palo Santo mm -hmm. or use, I have an instance recipe that I put at the end to that will be the spell that I will be talking about is how to make this incense. I do not recommend sage because you want spirits to be present. And sage kind of clears everything. So you don't want to clear everything. So Palo Santo is a friendly uh, ghost incense. Right. I can, also, I, can, I just, I, can I just jump yeah. in on this? I really want to say of something course. here. This is so true. When people say, oh, I'm going to cleanse everything and I'm going to call in spirits and they use sage, then mm -hmm. it, that just drives them away. It's not really right. great. P pine is also used mm -hmm. in many instances to drive away rattling spirits or poltergeists. Yes. Not, what, not yes. what you want. Some of That's the other things. Palo Santo is wonderful. Um, mm -hmm. There are other um, herbs mm -hmm. like mugwort that can be good. Right. Um, wormwood and so forth. They will also um, bring yes. in spirits. And mm -hmm. I 
uh, also like to use um, blessed thistle. It doesn't have mm-hmm. a lot of fragrance, but it brings in the blessed spirits. And so, yeah. they, you know, you can make your own blend. Anyway, I just had right. to say that. No yeah, you can come burn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I um I love mugwort, but I did not include it in the recipe because some people might have an allergy or be affected. Mm-hmm. So I Me. left yeah. it out. Yeah, exactly. I left it out. Now another thing that needs to be done is mop the floor. And mm-hmm. in this case we're not cleansing uh, and getting rid of everything. So in this case, I suggest to use water and Florida water because spirits love Florida water, let me tell you. So mm-hmm. use that just to mop your floor, just to change the whole environment and the vibration of your your room. Now, the next step, pick a place or a space that will be comfortable and has a table. A table is very helpful. You can sit without a table if you want to because this sense is not about touching hands. This sense is about sitting in a circle. So if you don't have a table or just have a teeny tiny table, that will work. I personally like a regular dining room table. And also make sure that nobody comes, disrupts you, knocks at the door, calls you on your phone. So get rid of all the phones, put them out somewhere else and shut them up. Now, you will need a tablecloth if you're going to have a table, um, a white or a black one because it's, it's a sand. Um, if you don't have one, it's okay. It's okay to use even a large witchy scarf or a white sheet from your bed. So I personally like to have a white candle burning and a goblet of water. The candle burning, the candle burning helps you focus. I personally focus on the flame. And the goblet of water is a great um, communicator. Spirits love to uh, to have water. They can really channel themselves through water and smoke. So you can also have around you. The tools that you may like to use, like some people like a crystal ball to gaze into and try to focus on something, tarot cards if you want to ask a question and, you know, for reinforcement or a pendulum, whichever. I personally use the candle, but I put everything up so people have choices and pick whatever they want. I also like to burn the incense because the smoke helps. So the recipe is at the end, like I said previously. Now, here's what I do, and I learned this through spiritualism. Take a bowl and mix water, a bit of holy water, and Florida water. This is the simplest thing you can do. And it doesn't have to be a big bowl. It can be a medium-sized bowl. Just put some water in there and, and cold water. Don't put hot water or warm water. Cold water. Has everyone that is going to be at the sand go in there, wet their hands, and cleanse their aura with this, which means you, you wet your hands, you rub them together, and then you move your hands around your body, like pushing everything out. That way your aura will be clear. 
This is also done at the end of the stance to cleanse yourself from anything that might have been left after all this communication. Okay. All right. Now I, I'm gonna I'm gonna just jump in again, just asking questions. I I've, well, yeah. I've done it, and I I've actually attended a beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. perf- performance of this work by you at the Hoodoo Heritage Festival a few years mm-hmm. ago. So I just want to say, uh, as if I knew nothing, um, you you put that bowl of water, that is outside the circle. It's outside yes. where the seance is going mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. It could be at the doorway, is that correct? Or it could be in, a, in the room before you get into that room. It could be within the circle. It doesn't have to be outside of the circle because that okay. is part of the process. It doesn't have to be on the room next door. It could be okay. on a corner of the room. Yeah. So now I have or to ask, the... do you mm-hmm. pass the bowl? Again, This I'm just asking no. as if I was a complete newbie. Do you have yeah, to yeah. pass the bowl around or does the bowl stay at the center? The bowl stays at the corner or the table or wherever you're going to put it, and each participant gets up, goes there, cleans their aura, and sits down. The next one gets up there, cleans, and sits Got down. Got it. That's it. Okay. okay. See, we have yeah, a procedure. We don't want that bowl. Yeah, we don't want that bowl in the middle of the table. We have a, mm-hmm. a, a goblet with water in the middle of the mm-hmm. table. Good. Clean Thank water, you. Nothing in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. You know, it's easy when you know what you're doing, but to explain it... <laughs> Well, that's why that's why it helps uh, why it helps the newbies to hear this you know Correct. forgive me for act, acting like I'm dumb but you know I'm just trying no, no, to no, trying no, to help no. the newbies along please <laughs> okay. do it mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay also what i do is after everyone is sitting down at the table there's there usually has to be one person that is kind of the leader um, hopefully the one that has a little bit more experience and you don't have to be an expert is whoever like follows instructions better and uh, if they had previous experience with spiritual communication the better so that person and this is my own thing that I do um, mentally do uh, a bubble of white light around the group so you protect yourself from any negativity or any uh, mischievous spirits. Now, remember that we have the prayer from uh, Kardec to read. This is when you read that prayer before starting. And in that prayer, you call your guardian angels, you ask your ancestors, and any good spirits that would like to participate. And also... Be firm and make sure to inform any tricksters or dark spirits that they're not welcome. And um, one person can read the prayer or maybe another person is the prayer reader. uh, So everything doesn't fall in one person. There's no um, recipe for that. It's whoever wants to read the prayer. And everyone focuses on the prayer. Now, this way, your space is going to be ready for good spirits and good and clear information comes through, okay? Now, I personally like to do my, uh, my senses and my circles, my spirit circles, after the sun goes down. But that doesn't mean that they cannot be doing 
be done in the middle of the day. You can do them whenever you get a chance. I personally like to do them after the sun goes down. Uh, you know, after 6 o'clock, that's when I, you know, I would do it. So, let's see. I already talked about the person taking the lead. Now, the person that takes the lead should be, hopefully, the one asking the question. However, when you start feeling spirit coming through, sometimes it's not the leader that gets the spirit coming through. It's another one of the people sitting at the table that feels the spirit. Mm. It's very important, although we're all sitting around the table in silence, it's a good practice to close your eyes because when the spirits show up, you're going to see them through your third eye. You're going to feel them. There's going to be, you know, like they say on TV, a disturbance on the force. There's going to be something where you're going to feel either cold or warm or someone standing behind you or someone that appears to be attracted by your candle. Okay? Now, some spirits might just show up because they're curious and they're not related. They're just spirits that saw the light because the light and all the prayers and the bubble of light and everything you have done to prepare your room brings up the energy of the room. So there are spirits out there that have not crossed over that might be attracted. And make sure to be cautious and also uh, make sure to ask them what they want. If it's a spirit that nobody feels because you feel, you can you know, recognize if it's your aunt Kathy or not, um, just ask them, who are you? What do you want? And they might just, you know, tell people or feel. You can feel their information in your mind, in your heart, where they say, what are you doing? They're just looking. And they might not even speak, but you know what they're doing. So they can just go. Just say, go to the light. Hopefully, send them on their way. Now, as far as spirits that you know, and family members or friends. One thing that I've come to um, to learn while dealing with spirits is that when we cross over, uh, we lose our body, but our personality remains. So if you happen to be a very religious person and thought that all this witchy stuff was of the devil, that spirit is not going to cooperate. You know, if Aunt Kathy was stubborn here, she's still stubborn on the other side. <laughs> so, you know, she might come and check you out and say, what is my niece doing? Oh, for the love of God, turn around and leave. So just because you feel somebody doesn't mean they will want to connect because they're not believers or they're not uh, curious enough. So um, one thing is everyone must speak up when they start feeling things. 
especially when you first start doing a stand, because it, hopefully one person has a little bit of experience, but if nobody does, you have to communicate with each other. And even if you're sitting there quiet for a bit and your eyes are closed, you can tell somebody, I, I think that there's somebody on my, you know, by my right shoulder. And then the one that's next to you on the right side says, you know what, I do feel somebody on my left shoulder. So you both agree that somebody is around. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, this is how you start questioning the spirit. And everyone can contribute what they're feeling about that. Now, granted, your first sense is not going to be, maybe it is, but more than likely it's not going to be a wow, but maybe it is. It depends on how spiritually aware you are and how open-minded you are. Hmm. So... um, I think that tonight is the best time of the year for a seance. So if you guys are hanging around with nothing to do, uh, find a buddy and uh, start doing a seance. You will be surprised, but make sure to be very careful. Make sure to cleanse yourself and protect yourself. And, you know, when there's more than one person doing this, it's not that much work because everyone can do something, okay? Mm -hmm. And it makes it easier and Mm. lighter. Now, you can repeat these anytime. If you want to have a monthly seance with your buddies and your friends or, hey, let's try this seance every, you know, 15th of the month, why not? They're fun. And they're good, and you get a lot of good messages from people on the other side because they do want to help us, and they want to guide us. So and one thing, though, take notes. Somebody needs to be taking notes. Uh, in between, you know, focusing and, uh, and doing all the work, go ahead and take notes because it's important to make sure that you have everything uh, written down at least as much as possible. Uh, you know, you, can I, I'm going to jump in again. I'm going to jump yeah. in again. What you said a couple of things that are really important in the chat. Dr. Sweets asked, "Were these spirits in purgatory?" And I quickly explained that no, purgatory is a concept within Catholicism, mm-hmm. and spiritualism does not derive from Catholicism. Kardec no. was a Catholic before he became a spiritualist, Mm -hmm. but he left the Catholic Church. There are also Protestant spiritualists, and Mm -hmm. there are indigenous Mexican spiritualists Mm -hmm. who actually have a Jewish background because their founder was half Jewish and half native Mexican. There are Mm -hmm. many forms of spiritualism that have arisen at different places, So Mm -hmm. when we think of spiritualism in the USA, the big groups, um, especially the the, uh, National Spiritualist Association of Churches, or NSAC, came out Mm -hmm. of Methodism, Presbyterianism, Wesleyanism, and so forth. But they are not Protestant religions. They are their own religion. They expelled all of the African-American congregations during that big Jim Crow phase, when right after mm. World War I, when all the Jim Crow laws came in, and they expelled them in 1922, which led to the founding of what was called the 
colored spiritualist churches mm-hmm. of America. Um, and there are still churches from within that group, though they don't call themselves colored anymore, but like the Metropolitan Spiritualist Churches. Kardec mm-hmm. came from France, but his stuff mm-hmm. was translated into Spanish, and it became very mm-hmm. popular in the French-speaking and Spanish-speaking Caribbean mm-hmm. and into Mexico. The Mexican mm-hmm. indigenous Espiritismo, which is different to Espiritismo, is yeah. Native American plus Jewish. There is so many different forms. So yeah. when you what you are teaching us is Kardec-style mm-hmm. spiritualism. And to distinguish yeah. it from USA-type spiritualism is usually called Spiritism. And mm-hmm. one of the things that they all have in common is the taking of notes. Every mm-hmm. version of the spiritualism, when a person speaks either in trance mm-hmm. or by channeling or by communication yeah. with a spirit from beyond or beyond the grave, they often are not um, processing exactly what they're saying, mm-hmm. and they need someone to take notes. So the transcription of notes is so important yeah. in all of yeah. these um, religions. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and in fact, yeah. Uh, I just have one more thing to say. In in Mexican Espiritismo, what are often given are recipes, what we would call, um, you know, uh, hoodoo-style recipes. Do, take this herb, yeah. do this, you know, and there would be tea or there would be a bath or whatever. Those are all written down, and then they are shared right. among the congregants, and everyone develops, essentially, a book of these recipes that were given by spirit. Yeah, we should note here that the idea of contacting spirits is grounded in a tradition that views the dead in a friendly manner. So this is often in stark contrast with uh, Catholicism, um, but even with some Protestant traditions around the dead, which have a much more fearful approach to them. You can see this in the, both in the idea of purgatory. Where is the mm-hmm. soul in the afterlife? It is being purified and suffering. Right? Mm-hmm. That's not exactly a soul you want to interact with. And in <laughs> fact, the only interaction with the dead you have in that tradition is the attempt to uh, alleviate their suffering, praying on mm-hmm. their behalf, indulgences, if you're in the medieval tradition, right. and whatnot. In Protestant tradition, we can see the uh, fearful aspects for the dead in Halloween itself. The wearing of mm-hmm. masks and whatnot is to ward off the ghoulies and the goblins that come mm-hmm. during All Hallows' Eve. Even the pumpkin, which is originally a turnip, right? These are atropistraic magical means of warding off the dead. This is in stark contrast with the Kardecian tradition, which views the dead on a spectrum of either elevated or unelevated, evolved Mm -hmm. or unevolved. And the role of the living is to interact with the evolved, gain wisdom Mm -hmm. from them. This is the reason why all these Kardecian spirits are German doctors and uh, Arab, quote-unquote, Orientals, right? These are, for them, these kind of figures, these these tropes, if you will, represent ascended, elevated, wise masters, while at the same time working to elevate those that are not elevated. And so that's why you do Mm -hmm. these Mesa Blancas and these various traditions in order to help alleviate and raise up these spirits. 
I should note that while this spiritual tradition is one branch of engaging with the dead, there are plenty of folk traditions of engaging with the dead that also revolve around this time period. All Hallows' Eve also coincides with All Saints' Day and, most importantly, mm-hmm. uh, the festivals of Santísima Muerte and Día de los Muertos, right, the Day of the Dead. And so there are plenty of traditions in which people aren't afraid of the dead but invite the dead in the mm-hmm. quote unquote dumb sump the dumb supper, uh, vi- visiting mm-hmm. cemeteries, laying out garlands, even in southern uh, Protestant uh, American traditions, the, 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 both in found in Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, all through all the way up to North Carolina, across both in the Hoodoo tradition and in the White Baptist tradition, it is not uncommon that during Memorial Day and Halloween and these periods, people will actually go and visit the cemetery where they'll decorate the grave of a loved mm-hmm. one usually with flags, with some type of offering, their favorite dinner. In the North Carolinian tradition, you're literally supposed to break the dish, right? So there's a whole body of lore, both in uh, the United States and in Central America, that are folk practices about engaging with the dead, whether it's the Day of the Dead, the festivals of Santísima Muerte, Mm -hmm. or just folk practices around the cemetery all of which are related to this, this spiritualist tradition of viewing the dead as a source of comfort, as having an ongoing dialogue with the dead, not as something that needs to be kept at bay, not as forces that need to be, st- you've got to cleanse and drive them away. No, no, no. Invite them into your house. Grandma mm-hmm. wants to sit down for dinner. Grandpappy wants to sit around and hear stories being told. It's why people talk about smelling certain tobaccos during this time. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the tobacco my grandfather used to smoke. Mm-hmm. It's why you smell candles during this time or certain types of foods. It's that both the veil is thin, but also that mm-hmm. these people are now visiting us, and that's okay to visit. It's a reminder that life continues on after death. So look into your local culture. Look into the culture you were raised in. If you're not interested in, say, um, uh, doing some type of, of seance, you should still find out, does your culture come from a, a mm-hmm. place of venerating, honoring, and respecting the dead? That would be the time to practice those cultural practices, whether it's leaving out food, lighting a candle, reading poetry. Mm-hmm. There's a variety of different ways, but reconnecting to cultural practices around the dead is another entryway to examining the world beyond. That's all. That is so true. I'm going to throw in a couple of more things. In the book called The Art of Hoodoo Candle Magic, I incorporated a pamphlet that was written by Mikhail Strabo of Guidance Mm -hmm. House Publishing, and it's called How to Hold a Candlelight Service. And he gives material that was given to him um, from Divine Harmony Spiritual Church, which was a spiritualist church located in Harlem, the black part of New York City at the time. Mm -hmm. And this material is... um, about how to set up a spiritualist seance with message bearing, as what it was called in in, the, in that context, message bearing, um, that was done on a weekly basis, but of course would be more likely to be done at uh, the Halloween time. Mm-hmm. The the Mesa Blanca, the white table that Kardec mm-hmm. recommends, is very much about benevolent spirits. Whereas Halloween of the Celts becomes, you know, goes mm-hmm. towards black candles and spooky 
you know, whatever, and the mm-hmm. jack-o'-lanterns and the lights out in the marshes, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a different it's a different attitude, mm-hmm. not to say one is right and the other is wrong. Mm-hmm. We also saw last, two weeks ago, we did a whole show with Dr. Jeremy Weiss on love finding customs of Halloween. And these are Germanic. So the Germans use Halloween as a festival at which to determine who your future husband will be. And it's completely mm. another branch of Halloween. Yeah. So there are many different ways that this festival is celebrated depending on your culture. And then of course we have this kind of weird uncanny blend where you know some corporate <laughs> structure comes and says, "Come to our pop-up shop and you can buy all this stuff." Right? Yeah. <laughs> And it'll be all kinds of stuff, right? But we're talking <laughs> nice about mix. traditions. Yeah, come to the spirit shop. Yeah. Um, I, I but, wanna, um, go ahead. I just I just wanted to plug in another book you mentioned, Mikhail Strabo's Guiding Light, which I think is phenomenal. Uh, uh, Martin Coleman's Communion with Spirits is another really oh, good yeah. approach. He does have a slightly more uh, rigorous, he's got that kind of Eastern European, you know, he's, he's Jaha, I think, right? He's, a, mm-hmm. uh, uh, he's got that Eastern European, like, you got to do it this way. He's very strict. <laughs> you've got to do these exact amounts of dogwood and this exact amount of floor mm-hmm. wash. So he's a little bit. He's a little bit uh, rule based, I think. But mm-hmm. he offers a really, a really good non-denominational approach that fuses spiritual practices with some of the older folk customs around the dead. And he provides a very, what I would argue, is a sort of universalist approach towards building an ancestor worship or communing with the dead or some form of of necromancy and spiritualism yeah i think we we sell that book in our shop martin coleman's communing with the spirits it's an incredible book and really well worth it to anyone very european in style uh, excellent book and you also mentioned the guiding light by mikhail strabo and um which in addition to his book how to hold a candlelight service contains some things about um uh, Yarsite candles and um, and memorials for the dead. He put that in that book too. And Mikhail Strabo, unbeknownst to most people who thought that he was a Russian Greek guy, uh, actually was a Jewish guy named Sidney Rosenfeld Steiner. And so he um, learned spiritualism in from um, black churches, and he wrote about it. But he also always put a little bit of his own indigenous Judaism into his books. So another mm-hmm. really good book, The Guiding Light to Power and Success by Mikhail Strabo, has some yeah. good stuff um, about how to work with candles and contacting the dead. Um, I want to add something for the closing of the sand that I didn't mm-hmm. get to. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, well, we're really going to run, honey. We're going to run out of music because our bumper music run out of time because our bumper music is, is coming this up. This is yeah, this is very short. Once okay, um, sure. you're finished, uh, say the closing prayer, stand up mm-hmm. and clap your hands. And this is done to move the energy and clear it out. Don't forget to cleanse your aura again, put out the candle, and have something to eat to ground yourself. And that's it. Enjoy your new spiritual experience. Wow. Okay. Thank you so much. Really cool topic. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Let's turn this over to Clifford, and we're going to have our uh, client come in. Excellent. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Workers, AIR, 
a directory of ethical and authentic contra practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo Practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to today's client. Our client today is Risen Raven, calling from area code 219. Risen Raven, are you there? I am here. Hello. Superb. You've indicated that you did not have readings on the situation before. No, not All in right. this situation. That's correct. Okay, very good. All right, um, you wrote, My cousin Sue had several people in her immediate family die in a few years. Two sisters, a brother, her mom, her mother-in-law, and her husband. She has some kind of psychological break and now thinks that she has several hundred stalkers but won't get help. In addition, I have nightmares about these stalkers that don't actually exist. Is there a demonic component to this? Can I do some spell work to calm her mind and open her to medical help? Nope. Turning it over to Whoa. you, Ms. Cat. All right. Well, that's a very interesting question. I'm going to just take a moment to just say something here. It's very brave of you to bring to a group of psychics a question that may have to do with psychological um, problems. And one of the things that a real true mark of a real diviner is that they will not try to shovel the glimpse that that person has into its all mental illness and they will not try to shovel it into its all spirits because mm-hmm. people come to us for a diagnosis and we should be honest it, if it's a psychological problem and we'll get to that in the reading we will say Mm, get medical help. But if it's a spirit problem, we will say get spiritual help. This is so important to clients. Anyone who hears this radio show in the future, if you don't trust the reader to tell you the truth, go find another reader, okay? Because this is one of... So thank you, Risen Raven, for trusting us with this. Um, (laughs) Someone who believes they have several hundred stalkers belongs to a group of psychological... Um, disturbances that I call victims of gang stalking. Gang stalking is a psychological, uh, but it also can be actual, belief that that there are many people um, stalking you and that they form a loose network or gang. It is different than just you know, garden variety paranoia. It's a particular thing that has grown in in, um, through the social media and internet. And it Gang stalking has become more um, feasible because of the Internet. Um, So I'm just going to say that this bears a sign to me of some psychological issues, but I'm not going to read on it that way. I just had to say that. One more question. What sign of the zodiac is uh, the person who feels this? Your um, your cousin. I don't know. You don't don't know know your cousin. Okay. No, sign. All right. I'm going to say one thing, and I'm not going to offend anyone, I hope. The sign of the zodiac most prone to this sense of, of um, oppression by being gang stalked is the sign cancer. And the reason is that the sign cancer is actually the most psychically sensitive sign of the zodiac. 
So they're picking up things that other people would go, eh, get out of my way. You know, they're going to go getting overwhelmed by it. So um, if the person is not a cancer, it would be more of a sign that it may be real. But if it's they're a cancer, I tend to look at it as hypersensitive cancer. Just saying this as a quick sun sign astrology person. All right? I hope I didn't offend mm-hmm. any cancers. I love you all. Um, stay strong, cancer. Stay strong. <laughs> all right, I'm going to turn this over to Conjurement. Yeah, thanks for that, uh, very wisely put. Uh, do, do you know, what is your sign of the zodiac, Risen Raven, if you don't mind me asking? I, I am a cancer. Oh. Well, there you go. Psychic intuition picked it up on me. And you, and, and you don't know your cousin's birthday? No, I don't. Okay. All right. So the reason we, we ask is it is significant. Um, and uh, how old are you roughly, if you don't mind me asking? I'm 41. 41. Okay. So th- these are all very important questions. I think Kat hit uh, the nail right on, on the head, um, that this is likely a combination of the sources. And we can see that in the cards. The first card that we have is the judgment card. The judgment card does speak to something that was laid to rest, coming to wake. So this is an ongoing issue. If it is spiritual in origin, it is ancestral. It is likely rooted in the past and something that was buried that is now coming to life. It is probably also cyclical, so there may be an astrological component or a lunar component. You might be able to track your nightmares even. Pay attention to, the, for example, the phases of the moon. See, are your nightmares worse when uh, the moon is waxing? Or are your nightmares worse when the moon is transiting a particular sign of the zodiac? And these can all be indicative uh, given that the moon governs cancer, it is its, its planetary lord, um, it, it, it uh, will have a huge impact on cancers and particularly the experience you're having. But there is a spiritual component to this, that there is some issue and it's related to the past. It's not something that is being done actively at this very moment. This is not an instance of an ongoing open enemy or an ongoing uh, collection of people who are actively working against you or your family, but that something in the past has happened. A seed was planted and that seed has grown and blossomed and taken on a life of its own. And in particular, it exacerbates what is already there. And that is the next card, the Nine of Swords. So here we're seeing a cat in her very uh, psychic fashion uh, preempted these cards. Because the uh, judgment card speaks to the spiritual component of this, but the nine of swords speaks to the psychological component of this. The nine of swords is an individual who is unable to rest because nine swords hang over their head. It is the card of anxiety, the card of nightmares. It is the things that keep us up at night and in turn have an effect on our health because spirit and matter are intimately tied to one another. So there seems to be, perhaps, uh, and, and I say this gently, and I, I do encourage both the family to take a look at some mental health professionals, but there does seem to be perhaps either a genetic or hereditary issue around mental health here, perhaps, mm-hmm. whether that is manic depression or something. There's something in the line, in the blood, in the, in the lineage that exists. It's hereditary that then was exacerbated and awoken up by a triggering event in the past that has a spiritual component, a person who has directed prayers, a 
spirit that has been offended, uh, something in the past that then awoke this dormant hereditary experience, and now is what you're dealing with going forward. So your current condition is not one of an open enemy, but of a past harm that has awoken a hereditary mental health and psychological condition. And this is how spirit and, and the, the physical often work with one another. Um, you can't give someone a heart attack unless they come from a ha- family of heart disease, right? This is a common, mm-hmm. common experience in, in magical work. So there is something there. Now, going forward, you will be successful, but you will require ongoing routine in order to address this issue, and that is the Eight of Pentacles as the third card of the future and the outcome. The Eight of Pentacles shows us an apprentice who is working on these coins that they then place the coin up on display. Another one is discarded down at their feet. You may fail at first, but you must repeat, you must build some form of spiritual routine around healing and encouraging your cousin to seek Mm -hmm. some type of mental health support. So it'll probably start with some type of battery of candles. You'll probably need to do, uh, for example, skull candles, time to a particular lunar moment. So when the moon is waxing, you might need to do several skull candles. So this may be a process of seven months, eight months of doing skull candles before you're finally able to kind of break through and open this person up to getting the practical help that they need, the health support. So you're going to do spiritual work to uh, support the physical aspect of things. So be mindful of that, that this is not an issue of lighting a candle, undoing some uncrossing work, and then all things will be resolved, but rather doing the spiritual to foster support and encourage ongoing uh, medical and mental health uh, support. So I see something like skull candle work or vigil candle work done time done to the timing of the moon over the course of several months, maybe even upwards of eight months as a ongoing discipline and routine, and that will then build the structures and foundations for good mental health hygiene. And that's what I see here. I'm going to turn this over to uh, Mama E, who will do your next reading, and then Miss Kat will give you some root work recommendations. Okay. Hi, um, hi, Kristen Raven. Um, so I, hi, I pulled, um, I started pulling three cards, and then I go, no, I need to know more. And um, the way my cards came up, um, they basically told me a small story. And the story is, and I agree with everything Conderman has just said, what it actually tells me is um, that there will be a resolution to this. But right now, the fact that all these relatives left so suddenly, one after the other, has rattled her um, and brought out whatever mental weakness was there. Um, And I am saying that in the most positive way. There was something there, like um, possibly she was a very sensitive person, and this affected her completely more than anyone else would have been affected. Now, on the spiritual side, I get uh, the Eight of Pentacles. The Eight of Pentacles is about learning, learning lessons, and um, it's the Apprentice card. Now, this is a a terrible way of learning a lesson, but I think that um, your cousin 
needs to understand that what she has gone through is awful. I mean, the loss of so many relatives is more than I can even imagine. Uh, losing one was bad enough. Losing, you know, five or six, I can't even. So mm-hmm. um, next to that, I get a successful card. I get uh, like the Ace of Pentacles. Like, it's going to be okay. She's going to have to, hopefully she has health insurance that she can go for treatment. I know that the problem that you're having is that she is obsessed with this gang of spirits that she thinks are attacking her. But um, like Conjurman said, do some work on candle work to try to um, influence her to find healing. Now, the good thing is that the next card that I got was the zero card, the school, and that means a brand new path. So um, once she understands that what she's feeling is intense pain associated with whatever else is medically going on, um, she will go for treatment. And it will take a while, but it will be successful. And um, there has to be either her or someone needs to take charge of her treatment. I've got the chariot. The chariot is forward movement but control at the same time. So someone has to help her. I'm not sure if how old your cousin is, if uh, there's a husband or there's a uh, you know, mother and father or someone that can influence her as well as you to uh, start taking her to see uh, a physician. But um, the last card that I got was the Hierophant. And the Hierophant is about um, ritual. And uh, in her mind, if she is uh, put on treatment, but at the same time spiritually, you can help her by finding a ritual that will make her feel like she is getting ahead. And even if it's just lighting a candle or a seven-knot white candle that she can light one bit a day and um, put some herbs around it, healing herbs, uh, blessing herbs, uh, something where she can participate in her treatment And at the same time, she's thinking that she's conquering this group of spirits, when in reality, we're just trying to make her get treatment and uh, heal from all the pain that she has gone through. So um, I personally feel that this is emotional and medical. I don't feel that there is a spirit, um, you know, torturing her. She's torturing herself, and possibly there might be something, you know, ancestral, but this triggered it. Everything triggered it. So that's that's my advice. Okay. Okay, thank you. Well, I have a um, very short time to give a spell because we kind of ran along in the reading. So I'm just going to say that what Mama E said is something that I I would stand by. Um, uh, Having her do a ritual. I would also give her a protective amulet. There were a couple of cards here that spoke of um, 
to me of something that she might wear or carry um, to uh, to protect herself from negative spirits. The problem is negative spirits are not the same as gangs of people stalking her. Negative spirits are people who go, here's someone who's in intense fear and paranoia about people stalking. How about if we poke at her? So there actually are negative spirits who prey on people who believe that they are being the victims of something that doesn't exist. And um, just these are trickster spirits. So I would give, give her something for, to help with that. Um, but I would also say what you're going to want to do is to actually get her to uh, uh, medical help. Now, mental health and medical help comes in a number of forms. And you don't want someone who's going to put her in what I call a chemical straitjacket. Don't just mm. you know take this pill and you won't have any more hallucinations. That's not good for her. She's going to need some talking therapy as well as some... Um, positive uplift and behavioral conditioning. But she needs to break the cycle of the mental health problem, which is causing excess fear. And one of the ways to do that is to maybe see if you can be someone who can advocate for her in the mental health system. Look around and see who is a compassionate therapist Money will be necessary, as was pointed mm-hmm. out. And I really do feel, I mean, I'm not trying to dismiss this. And, you know, coming to a bunch of spiritualists to talk about this seems sort of strange. But I really think that the best thing you can do is to use whatever spiritual means you have to get her to get the medical help she needs. So... As an example, if you're a Catholic or a Jew, I would um, pray for the intercession of Raphael, Archangel Raphael, the healing angel. If you don't go that route, try guardian angels. Try the spirit of someone who, if you're a cousin, that would mean you had shared grandparents, great-grandparents, some parent or great-grandparents, something that was a shared common ancestor of yours who would be a protector and helper. Um, and guardian, and in other words, bring in some spiritual help as well, and names um, that she can call upon for help, that if you make yourself available, avoid, because you are a cancer, avoid being sucked down that whirlpool, because cancers are so hypersensitive, the first thing that, you know, down the whirlpool you'll go, don't go down that that rabbit hole, okay? Um, mm-hmm. So, um, and you have to for, to be a cancer and to to extend that hand to her, you're going to need another hand holding on to you so that you don't fall down the rabbit hole. Just, mm-hmm. I'm telling you what I know about the cancerian mind, that hypersensitivity. So I'd like you to get grounded with someone, probably an earth sign. A Capricorn would be ideal. Just get a Capricorn friend and say, hold my hand while I go and deal with my cousin. Okay? That's what I would recommend. Um, Onyx Rose asks in the chat, are Pisces similar? They are number two on that list of sensitivity. (laughs) You are so right. (laughs) But usually they convert it into poetry, music, and art. And um, so do Cancers, by the way. They're very artistic people. Um, But Pisces are a little bit more... Uh, grounded. They have the ocean floor to, <laughs> yeah, underneath their feet. All right. Phew. Um, let's see what comes next. 
We're going to have our scheduled network announcement with all of the fabulous music that accompanies it. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Uh oh, we have the alarming sounds of silence. No, the mute, the mute button, sorry. <laughs> and now it's time for our pre-spell segment from our special guest, Mama E of ContraDoctor.com in Los Angeles, uh, California. Take it away, Mama Thank E. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I will make this quick because we have uh, we run late. So this is a recipe for the incense for the sands. And the incense can be burned before or during the sands to clear the space and bring benevolent spirit. To make your own incense mix, you will need a mortar and pestle or a coffee grinder. Grind the ingredients before measuring for accuracy or by them ground. Grinding consistency is up to you. It could be powder or a coarse mix. Both will work. Once you have all the ingredients, mix them in a small bowl. I prefer to use a wooden spoon and mix in a clockwise motion. After the incense is mixed, keep it in a small glass jar in a cool and dark place. I always label the jar with the name of the incense and the date it was made. The ingredients are 1 teaspoon of frankincense ground to cold spirit, half a teaspoon of dragon's blood ground to ward off evil spirits, 1 teaspoon of copal oral ground to induce divination and trances, 1 teaspoon of cedar ground to bless and consecrate the space. You will need an incense burner and a charcoal disc. Light up the disc and wait until it sparks. Then put a tiny bit of your incense mix on it. This will allow your incense to burn longer. You can add more incense as it burns down. If clearing the space, walk around the room with your smoking incense to clear the space. Put it down near the sands table to continue burning during the sands if you so desire. Happy spirit contact. That's my recipe. (laughs) (laughs) That is beautiful, Mama. Mm, Nice recipe. Now, I'm going to ask the dumb question, but I'm going to answer it. Um, (laughs) What's an incense burner? What's a brazier? How do I do that? Um, I'm going to just quickly speak about incense burners and incense braziers because we don't do it often enough on the show and we assume everybody who listens to the show knows what we're talking about. We are talking about a metal stone or in some cases um, clay, but that's not so good, um, container to burn incense on something fireproof. It should be lined with sand or ashes. It cannot 
you cannot burn incense directly on metal because eventually the metal will burn through after many years and it'll fall right out onto your table. If you're putting it on a table, you're going to want to have it to have three legs or some kind of a something to keep it off the table because it'll burn the table <laughs> through scorching. So um, go look online for an incense burner that has three legs and it needs to be large enough to hold one of those charcoal tablets. That's all I have to say about that. Now, we still have time, and uh, the prayer has been put through. Do you want to read that prayer, Mama E? Uh, yes. Yes, I will. Okay. Okay. Um, the prayer for the commencement of the seance. We beseech you, O Lord God, and the all-powerful, to send us the good spirits to help us and take away all those who may induce us towards error. Give us the necessary light so that we may distinguish truth from falsehood. Remove, too, the harmful spirits, be they incarnate or discarnate, who may try to launch discord amongst us and so so turn us away from charity and love for our neighbors. If some of these spirits try to enter our surroundings, do not allow them access to any of our hearts and minds. Good spirits, to you see fit to come and teach us. Make us yielding to your counseling. Turn us away from all thoughts and selfishness, pride, jealousy, and envy. Inspire us to in- indulgence and benevolence towards our fellow beings, present or absent, friends or enemies. Lastly, through the sentiments with which we are animated, make us recognize your beneficial influence. To those mediums you choose as transmitters of your teachings, give awareness of their mandate and the seriousness of the act they are about to practice so they may perform this act with the necessary fervor and meditation. If at our meeting there be any one present driven by sentiments other than those of goodness, open their eyes to the light and forgive them, Lord as we forgive them for any evil intentions they may harbor. We owe especially the spirit of our guide to assist us and watch over us. The prayer for the closing. We are thankful for the good spirits who have come to communicate with us and implore them to help us put into practice the instructions they have given and also that on leaving this meeting, they may help us to feel strengthened for the practice of goodness and love towards our fellow beings. We also desire that our teachings help all those spirits who are suffering ignorance or corrupt who have participated in our meeting and for whom we implore God's mercy. That's it. What a beautiful, beautiful prayer. Mm, That is beautiful. That prayer comes from a specific book, and um, the book is by Alan Kardec. What is the name of the book that this was from? My goodness, I did not write that down. I am very sorry. Uh It's in every spiritualist book. Every time I've done a stance, whether in Spanish or English, this prayer is there. All right. <laughs> it'll, if you have an Alan Kardec book on seances, it'll be in there. Good. I like that. Um, yeah. You know, and for those who, again, who are unfamiliar with Alan Kardec, this tradition of spiritism is found in English, Spanish, and French um, around the world. It may be new to you, but it is not new. And you can find... Um, 
books on mediumship and a spiritist church online at um, booksellers everywhere, including, of course, Amazon and the larger, major book dealers. Okay? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. thank you, thank you, Mama E. You've brought us a beautiful um, way to work with the dead. And um, another thing about Alan Kardec's work appears in one of our books I did not mention earlier, and that book is Deliverance uh, by mm-hmm. Kai Armand. And mm, yeah, one of Alan Kardec's uh, yes, one of Alan Kardec's methods of elevating spirits, which mm-hmm. um, Doctor E taught mm-hmm. to Kai, is given yes. in that book. Okay. Yep. Yep. And I use it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and elevating elevating the spirits of the dead is something very much associated with Kardecian spiritism, and it's not found in other spiritualist traditions in the same way. Mm-hmm. Whew. All right, I'm going to turn this over to our announcer, Clifford Lowe, and then we will come back and I'll have a few words to say, and then we will all say goodbye. Okay. Thank you, Miss Cat and Conjure Man, and thank you, Mama E of ConjureDoctor.com in Los Angeles, California, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest will be Angela Marie Horner of Lotus Raven Massage on Facebook in Santa Rosa, bringing us the topic of the runes. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find this cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurman at Conjurman Consulting in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Clifford Lowe, joining you from clifflow.com. The Lucky Mojo Hooter Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you all for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at this same time when you'll hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thank you, everybody, and goodbye. Thank you, Clifford. And those of you who aren't familiar with Clifford, go to clifflow.com and check him out. Um, Next week will be an oracle hour, so the Mm -hmm. runes will be used for divination next week. Okay, this is an Oracle Hour. We will have two clients. If you haven't been a client, want to be a client, please check in and put your question at the forum, forum.luckymojo.com, for next week's show. All right, I'm going to go back to work sorting paper. That's my job for the rest (laughs) of the day. And um, I hope you all have your own way of having fun on Halloween. Mine is sorting paper. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Good night. Good night, all. Bye bye. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.